Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world 2020's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Mayfield and I'll be your host for all of this evening's Crash Bang and indeed Wallop. And with me in the studio tonight is this bloke, Tony Kerr. What a treat for you. And for the listeners. <sighs> Everyone. How's it going this week, Tony? Uh, yeah, very well. You in a good mood tonight? Oh, best mood I've been in for hours. Why yeah. is that? Oh, just this and that. Oh, oh good. Well, it's good. Loads of stuff for now. It's good know. to know you can open up for us here. The world on the 2020 podcast. is now in full swing. That's obviously why I'm buzzing. The teams are getting points on the board. We're getting points on the board in the fancy league. Well, indeed, yeah. I mean, the world 2020 is off and running, but much more importantly, so too is the the World Cricket Show Fantasy Mini League. Arguably, you know, we offered a prize uh, for the winner of this. And arguably, I think that should be presented alongside the actual World 2020 trophy, you know, at the end of the final. We'd have to fly someone out to Sri Lanka to present them with a mug. <laughs> and some, I don't mind going. Some former England captain's autobiography, probably. I'm happy to go. I'd quite like it if you were asked to present just the trophy in general. I'd probably present, like, the goofy, like, cheque for two and a half thousand dollars. To be fair, there are so many people yeah. that do presentations. You're probably closer than we might imagine to being asked to do it. I think they'd probably like me to put some money up first as a sponsor. Well, that might be true. I swear, even if you're like a relative of, of someone who works at Rubicon or Pepsi, yeah, it's just you just have to be like, oh, it's 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 the nephew of someone who works in it's Pepsi's the nephew, the marketing VP department. of marketing in the like, <laughs> South America region. He's here to present the Man of the Match Award. But yeah, people have been going absolutely bananas for the World Cricket Show World 2020 Fantasy Mini League. 64 teams have been submitted. What are we now, three games into the tournament? I can't really bring myself to say this, but Tony is actually ahead of me at the moment in the table. What's it like down there? You know, What's the weather like? Um, <laughs> it looks a bit scrappy down gray there. Grey and miserable. Uh, I'm not actually that far down, to be fair. I'm, I'm at 11th out of 64. Tony's Outside up in, the top 10. Tony, Well, yeah, that's good maths, Tony. Well done. Uh, Tony's up in 7th outside the top 6. In the top eight, though, say so firmly in the top eight. Well, I'm in the top thirteen, to which be. is where everyone wants to be. I mean, if you if it was snooker, you'd be you know you'd be in the top sixteen. Yep. Yeah, you'd you'd have arrived. If it was anything in the world that involves ranking people by number, I'd be in the you'd top be, you'd sixteen. You'd be seeded at yep. a grand slam. Uh, that's true. I'd be seeded to get to the fourth round. <laughs> yeah, not much further. You'd be seeded for the quarters. Currently leading is James Travers. He's got one thousand nine hundred and seven points. It's uh, a lot of points. It is. It's almost six hundred points ahead of Tony and almost 800 points ahead of me. But we are only three games in, so obviously by the time people are listening to this, more games will have been played. So that could have all changed. You must be pretty upset with how you've started off in that. I had a bit of a nightmare, to be honest, in that first game. I picked quite a few Sri Lankan players. Crucially, though. Not Mendes, indeed. I mean, essentially nothing from Jaya Wardner, nothing from Malinga, nothing really from Angelo Matthews. And I picked Brendan Taylor as well, and he got a golden duck. (laughs) So that was a bit frustrating. And that was really annoying because... It was an incredibly long third umpire review for a stumping, <laughs> and his foot was off the ground by about an inch, and I was screaming at the TV, not out, not out, and they gave it. I think I can't remember who was on commentary. It might have been Russell Arnold or something. He's like, well, I think you probably have to give that. I'm like, Russell, shut up. That is not out. It but, is extraordinarily tense when you've got uh, one of your players out there, you know, trying to, trying to get runs, because you cheer every single run, or every dot ball if it's a bowler. I'm more nervous than watching England in the <laughs> to be honest, like when, when Mahela Jai Wardner was on strike, struggling to get the ball off the square. It was very nervy. Um, yeah, I had, I had an equally frustrating uh, first match. And, you know, a lot was hinging on that first match because you want to get, you want to have a good start. You, you want to make out, a statement. You want to be out in front. You don't want to leave yourself with 600 points to make up. It's like rowing at the Olympics, isn't it? You want to get out of the traps early because then you can see everyone else and you just, <laughs> you just stay out there and you protect your lead for the rest of the race. I mean, I did all right. Once again, yeah, Malinga I had, who was, didn't do anything. He, he should have got loads of wickets, but he didn't. 
Uh, crucially, didn't have Mendes, who uh, has earned the, the, the guys who are top of the table in our fantasy league literally loads of points. Uh, and also had Manawira, who batted much like I have done all summer. Basically, you know, got a few runs, struggled to get it off the square, and then got out. Yeah, yeah, really frustrating. Well, yeah. So after that first game, I was I was down in twentieth place. Um, so if it was snooker, I'd have been outside the top sixteen. And then after the Australia game, you know, I had I had Brad Hogg, I had Shane Watson, I had Glenn Maxwell, and I thought, oh, here we go. Picked up quite a few points there. I was buzzing with anticipation when I checked the table. Still in 20th place. Still in 20th place. It gives you like a little icon by the side to say whether a green arrow up or a red arrow down uh, to say whether you've moved up or down. Everyone else in the league had either moved up or down and I was still in 20th place. It's like it's, also, it's like, kind of like a dirty green colour, the uh, the kind of sideways arrow. It's depressing what is what it see, is. is it? Very yeah. depressing. But... After the India game, had Virat Kohli as my captain. I've moved up to 11th. And you've got to feel that I'm only going in one direction <laughs> at this point. Uh, like, do you know, that, like band, band, do you know yeah. that band One Direction? Say, well, I've got a nice little green arrow next to my name at the moment. How's that song go? What is that song? The one Direction. All I can think of is, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> That's definitely not. Oh, <laughs> no, it's like I said. Oh, no, here we go. So, yeah. What makes you beautiful? <laughs> Is that a, quite a good chorus to this song? But you just can't, I'm more of a verse man myself. I just hate the verses. That's hate what the, makes the, you the vocal. beautiful. Hate the vocal, right? Uh, there's a number of key points to make. I think one is that the, you know the, the guys at the top have have had Mendes and Watson as their captains, who have both had you know very very good matches. So it's kind of cheating in a way, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is, because I didn't have Mendes. So. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I had Cody as my captain, that's just a smart pick. Oh, uh, great pick. So, yeah, so I've, I've had a, a slow start, but building. Uh, one person who hasn't had a very good start to the Fantasy League is London correspondent Gordon McRae, who I believe if we consult the table... You've got to go way down. You've got to go way <laughs> down. He's languishing in 61st place <laughs> with one point. You know, is a, he's negative. Zahir Khan earned him minus 15 points this afternoon. Uh, but the 11 points he got from Ed Joyce and the five from Hussey for Australia just, <laughs> just dragged him back into positive figures. He must have been so annoyed when Hussey got out today. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's like his big pick, isn't it? That's his gun batsman. He's walking around the streets of London now with his headphones in, just thinking about what he's done, thinking about how far he's got to to move. One point, McRae, one point. You cracked a good gag on Twitter, I thought. Those points he's got have been today. And after the Sri Lanka-Zimbabwe game, uh, he had nothing. He had nothing at all. Much like his last few appearances on the pod, Gordon McRae has no points. It almost went, if it was Gordon McRae has no point, that would probably no, make no more point. sense. No, because he doesn't have a point. Don't, don't be too mean. But he normally comes on, he doesn't have well, any points, no, does here he? you go. Here's what you should say. Much there like... You go. It's Gordon, workshopping the joke, though. Much like his last few appearances on the pod, Gordon McRae is pointless. That would have been better, Tone. Yeah, but you I should, like, This I, is what you should have no, done. Like, you, you should have texted it to me first, <laughs> yeah, just, your idea, and I'd have come back just with... edited it. And improved no, I version. actually think my version was better because the joke works... Because he comes on and he doesn't make any points. Yeah. He isn't pointless. That's true. Because he has a point. It does work. It, well, it he works. doesn't make. He has no points. It's, he's got no points to make. But yeah. I think I like the idea that he's pointless. Well, I, I'm, I'm a little kinder to Gordon. <laughs> I really don't like the guy at all, to be honest. I'd like to assure people listening who perhaps aren't in the fantasy league, who perhaps have no interest in joining the fantasy league, that we will be talking about the actual cricket today. We will, of course, be getting right in amongst uh, the opening few matches of the tournament. Uh, but just before we move on with that, I just wanted to uh, talk about some of the, the team names that people have come up with in the league, because I'm really enjoying some of them. We're still enjoying them, just enjoying them on a kind of continuing basis. It's ongoing, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I did enjoy, am enjoying and will enjoy for some time to come. <laughs> just gives you a little, just picturing you now when you open up the, the league, you know, the league table, just you just grinning. Well, it's not even then, it's just like, like when I'm at work, like <laughs> I just think about it and start smiling. Um, some of my favourites include Yuvraj Singing in the Rain, that's Brian Yim, Tino's Glazers Inc. by Edmund Grouse, No Rest for the Wicket, that's Louise James, Dwayne Leverock's Curry House by Natasha Lawrence, and Broken Beeboards by Dale Wright, that's a nice World Cricket Show reference there. Broken Beeboards, of course. Rock bottom. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Perhaps suggesting you shouldn't listen to the World Cricket Show if you want, yeah. if you want to make good picks. Obviously taking on board a few of our 
you know, recommendations. The more you listen the months, to the World Cricket Show, <laughs> yeah, the more you like it. The worse the punditry gets. Great team names. Like, it sort of makes my WCS Warriors <laughs> seem altogether quite dull, really, doesn't it? And that did strike me. You know, when I uh, you know, entered my team, I came up with the, uh, the funny name Bayfield Slayers. Just to kind of stir up some, uh, yeah, stir we, up some rivalry. Yeah, we all had a laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I saw yours. I just thought, oh, it's a bit of a misstep. Well, I was, the, <laughs> you know, I was the first one to make up the team, but also it's, <laughs> it's surely more interesting than than some of the ones in the league. I, I, I am, I am though also really enjoying some of the less creative names because in a way they're just as funny. For example, Ollie Lithgow has entered a team called Ollie's Team. Uh, Graham Codrington's Codswallopers is great. That's good, yeah. That's probably one of the best. Also, I do like Lord Travers. James Travers, Lord Travers. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good any, I, I, that, that, I like puns. That, and that Lord Travers, you know, it's got legs. You can use that again and again. Well, if your name's if Travers, your name's Travers <laughs> yeah. doesn't help me particularly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a team called Wild Stallions, which is a good Bill and Ted reference. Uh, that's Yazir Malik. Uh, also really enjoyed Nilanka Senevaratna's Los Poyos Hermanos. Which is a Breaking Bad reference. So again, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> that. References are flooding in. We have, uh, and you'll know us by the Trail of Dead, which is a band. So there's lots of, you know, it's a cult, we've got a cultured listenership, Adam. You know, <laughs> drawing their influences from just a variety of of great places. But yeah, it's probably best that we move on and talk about the cricket. But just before we do, if you do still want to get involved in the league, uh, you can. I mean, you do very well to win it at this point. You know, after people have already flown out of the traps as they have. Uh, but you never know, and, and you can, you know, it's still good fun to play. So set up your team on the on the Cricket Info Fantasy game, uh, and then submit to join our mini league. It's called World Cricket Show, and the pin is one three nine zero. And don't forget that the league winner will receive a World Cricket Show mug, as well as some sort of cricket-related book that we haven't quite settled on yet. But we will do in due course. But yeah, are you ready then, Tone? Let's get on with it, shall we? Let's do it. World 2020. It's started, Tone. It's all started. We've kind of mentioned that already. Uh, but let's talk about it in greater detail now, shall we? Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. So we're three games in. We've just watched India beat Afghanistan. But the tournament kicked off with a match between the hosts, Sri Lanka and Zimbabwe in Hambantota. Before the game, that had the feeling of maybe being a potential banana skin for the home side. But they overcame it pretty easily. Uh, it turned into a bit of a demolition job in the end, didn't it? With Kumar Sankakara and Jivan Mendes powering them to 182 for four. And then Ajantha Mendes's six for eight. Extraordinary figures of six for eight from four overs. Uh, Skittling Zimbabwe for 100. Uh, so that was a victory by 82 runs. What did you make of that game tone? How impressed were you with the Sri Lankan performance? I know you've tipped them to make the semi-finals. Did you see anything there to confirm or refute your prediction yeah, I mean, it, was a real, it was a real left field pick wasn't it for the semis put my neck out make not put my neck out <laughs> <laughs> it was quite you know it was so neck. stressful <laughs> it was the word delivered prediction. the prediction you do do things quite theatrically here on the show it's a shame it's not a video podcast yeah. at times as we leap around a bit uh oh yeah i mean it was extremely convincing in the end the mendis the, Men- the, the brothers mendis the mendis brothers yeah. <laughs> uh destroyed uh you know just destroyed zimbabwe everything. Zimbabwe, yeah, they everything in their path. Or indeed, Jivan Mendes got three wickets following his uh, unbeaten, was it unbeaten. Well, yeah, it was a nice, nice innings from unbeaten him. 43. Unbeaten forty-three, uh, off thirty balls. Yeah, and then some wickets to go with that. So, you know, I had neither of them in my fantasy team, so I didn't really enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was fairly convincing, wasn't it? Indeed, and I mean, Ajantha Mendes was absolutely sensational, wasn't he? I mean, that was an incredible spell of bowling. It seemed like every ball he bowled took a wicket i mean that's not literally true i was i, I went out to do some cooking you know kind of when it looked like zimbabwe you know just falling away uh and i could see the tv from the kitchen and I, I kept turning around i kept thinking they're showing a replay but it was actually just new batsmen would come in and walk and were already walking out again. They, they all seem to be getting clean bold didn't they four of the six were clean bold back in the side now after quite a lengthy absence but he he burst onto the scene in international cricket in a way that i've not really seen with anybody else i mean son on orion perhaps coming close. But when Mendes came in, it was people talked about it as being like a revolution in cricket. It was people, like, I mean, you go down the supermarket and people you didn't even know liked cricket or knew anything about cricket were like, oh, have you heard about this Mendes guy? Yeah, he was sort of seen as this like mystery spinner that no one could work out. And then people realised that he's essentially just a medium pace bowler because he doesn't really spin it. He would get... 
bags of wickets. I mean, not just because he's obviously an international class bowler, but he would get an absolute ton of wickets in the uh, Guernsey Evening Division 4. Because that's how all of our big wicket takers got their wickets, was by just kind of tossing it up on a good length, you know, a decent pace, not not too fast, but not, not, not hugely slow. And then batsmen just missing it. And it's odd because, like, when he sort of lit up the, the 2009 World 2020 in England, if you actually looked through the wickets that he took, it's all just people missing straight deliveries. It's like they're expecting the ball to spin and it doesn't. And that's obviously got something to do with the aura that he created of being a mystery spinner, but also a lot to do with the fact that when you watch the ball out of his hand, it looks like it's going to spin, but generally it doesn't. And that's why I would be I would be slightly hesitant to sort of say that I now expect him to go on and, and dominate this tournament or to, to propel Sri Lanka towards the title on his own after this performance because Zimbabwe just didn't have any clue how to play him whatsoever. What happened to Mendes was that he came into the side, was unbelievable for a year or so, and then the top players gradually started to work him out and after a while just got on top of him and eventually he was dropped from the side because he just wasn't having the same sort of impact. People could read his variations, they realised he was basically just bowling medium pace and they started to deal with him relatively comfortably. Now Zimbabwe's batsmen just aren't in that sort of position, they they haven't worked out how to play him they got into a terrible tangle against him but it will be interesting to see how he now fares against the top batsman whether it's still the case that they can read him or whether you know maybe this has given him confidence I don't know but yeah I I would I would sort of withhold judgment on him despite the unbelievable figures that he's returned there yeah I mean yeah there's the reason I didn't pick him in my fancy team for that first match but one I felt you know it he has drifted, you know, in terms of his, his kind of influence and his effectiveness in the game. Also, there was a lot of talk about, uh, well, well, there was some talk in the, in the build-up about the pitches, you know, slightly being, you know, out of kind of out of the frame of what you would spe- expect from a kind of subcontinent uh, wicket, favouring pace a bit more. <clears throat> and we did see that in the uh, the Sri Lankan innings, you know, the, the ball was moving around. Jarvis, for example, was you know was moving the ball through quite nicely. Uh, and it was it was swinging a little bit, so I thought, oh, here we go, boom, Malinga's in the business here. Uh, but yeah, Mendes just just trotted up and and ran through them. I'm not saying that he won't be a good bowler in this tournament, but I don't think off the back of that performance against players who are essentially clueless against him, you can say that he'll go on and and do that against properly good teams. It'll yeah. be very interesting to see how he gets on against South Africa, I think. And I think that the you know the minnows in this competition are all much of a muchness in that you know they've got they've each got some very good players and if they click they should be able to they can certainly put a performance together that's uh, capable of of beating you know of, of winning matches so but equally you know they teams like Sri Lanka and any of the top sides are just going to run through them as you know as it, as it goes. Yeah, it's well it's obviously more likely than not that that's what will happen, but it's not impossible that they can put it all together. Yeah, Zimbab- like Brendan Taylor, for example, is one of Zimbabwe's kind of brightest hopes in terms of in terms of runs, and he went first ball. You get the feeling, you know, had he had he got had he hit that ball, <laughs> you uh, get the feeling had he scored sort of 70, 80, 90 <laughs> runs that it could have been a different story. Maybe the game would have been different. Sri Lanka played really really well there. It was a very comfortable victory. They'll be relieved because. That's a sort of no-win situation, isn't it? Because it's basically all they just had to make sure they didn't slip up there. But they performed well. But I wouldn't. I just don't think you can sort of read anything into it. I mean, we'll we'll say this about Australia as well and India to an extent. Like, you just can't get much of a of a reading based on dominant performances against the weaker teams. I mean, despite me talking them up at some length last week, Zimbabwe in the end were pretty poor. I mean, I, I think they just haven't played very much cricket recently. They've played, I think, one 2020 tournament since about January. And, and their fielding wasn't great and their batting was even worse. Now, as Sri Lanka, you can only beat what's put in front of you. But it doesn't give very much indication, I don't think, of how they'll get on against a, a better class of opposition, which they will find in South Africa. How good's the Sri Lankan national anthem, by the way? Oh, it is really good. Brilliant, isn't it? It's just, it goes on for so long. I love national anthems just, that just go on and on. <laughs> yeah. You see it at the Olympics sometimes, like people are on their feet for like 11 minutes. It's, just like, <laughs> it's brilliant. I'm actually going to gonna download it, I think, and, <laughs> and listen to it. Moving on to uh, Australia's game against Ireland in Colombo. Much like the Sri Lanka game, this was another very convincing victory for the bigger team. Ireland won the toss and batted first, and they got off to a terrible start with William Porterfield, the captain, dismissed by Shane Watson first ball. Uh, and after that, it was always going to be a struggle for them. They were 33 for four at one point, did reasonably well um, to recover a little bit and get up to 123 for seven. Um, but Australia never looked uncomfortable at all in their run chase. 
Shane Watson followed up his three for 26 with the ball with 51 of 30 deliveries with the bat um, to power his side home by seven wickets. It puzzled me slightly why Ireland decided to bat first after winning the toss. I didn't really understand that decision because I always think that minnows have a much better chance of winning the game when they're chasing because the big side isn't always sure what a winning score will be um, and they can sometimes get into a bit of a tangle if they're if they if they do lose a couple of early wickets they're not sure whether they should be aiming for 120 130 or whether they need to get 180 and that can sometimes see them you know getting into big trouble so if I was the captain of, of the weaker team and won the toss, I'd always bowl first. I mean, that theory wasn't really borne out in the Sri Lanka-Zimbabwe game, but I think generally speaking, <laughs> that is true. And we saw that a little bit um, with India-Afghanistan. But it was a very good win for Australia. Did you, did you see this as a, a sort of statement of intent by them for the tournament? And they've, they've been written off by quite a few people, kind of including us on our preview show. I mean, we said we thought they had a chance of winning, but you know that they were maybe not one of the strongest sides in the competition. They're ranked ninth in the world but that was a a very comprehensive victory over a side that many thought had a decent chance of of getting out of this group yeah agreed i mean watson is an extremely good player isn't he at this point in his career Uh, one of my favorite cricketers and always has been (laughs) from day one from the the minute he walked into the the dressing room what i yeah it was it it was very convincing like like you say the, the fact that ireland batted first Lost a wicket with the first ball of the innings. You know, losing a wicket on your first ball isn't going to help your cause if you're, a, you know, if you're a minnow looking to to put a bit of pressure on. So, another day. I think if they played tomorrow or the next day or the day after that, then maybe Ireland might get a win or two in there. Because I, I, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think this Australian team are going to do anything. But yeah, and, and just as we said with Sri Lanka Zimbabwe, you can't read too much into it. But maybe in this game, just reminding a few people that they do have match-winning players in that side. As, as, as a whole, complete 11, it's maybe not one of the strongest in the competition. But they have some of the best players in the competition. Not least Shane Watson, but also Michael Hussey. He didn't do very much today, but was sensational against England in a warm-up game. They've got David Warner as well. I think, that, yeah, Warner-Watson looks great at the top, but... And Hussey as well, but you know the the, the the relatively modest total that Ireland posted, particularly after Watson had come in and, and done his thing, you know there wasn't a huge amount of pressure on the, the guys who followed him. And and that and will be slowly... the real test for Australia is 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 their middle order up to it with Cameron White at four, George Bailey at five, Glenn Maxwell at six, Dan Christian at seven. You know, in one way they've got quite a lot of depth to the batting because Matthew Wade's coming in at eight, but also there's no one there that kind of leaps out at you as being a world-class player. So teams will feel if they can get Watson Warner out early and Hussey um, that they can knock over Australia. But yeah, it was, it was a very good performance and uh, quite a bit of encouragement there for Australian supporters. The third game of the tournament and the second of day two was... India against Afghanistan. What a story, eh, Tane, that Afghanistan are here at this tournament. Um, And they actually put up a a really quite good fight against arguably the tournament favourites in India. Had them in quite a bit of trouble when they dismissed Verinder Sevag in the fifth over to leave India 22 for two. Uh, But a recovery led by, inevitably, Virat Kohli with 50 from 39 balls. Um, got them up to 159 for five, and he felt that was probably going to be too many for Afghanistan. They had a good go at it. Um, some big hitting from Mohammed Nabi, 31 from 17 balls, allowed them to get to within 23 runs of India's total, but they ended up all out in the final over. It was in parts of an excellent performance from Afghanistan, but their fielding was just dreadful. They would certainly have been closer uh, if they'd, A, taken their catches, not let balls run through legs not palmed catches over the over the boundary yeah, for six. That's the one where Coley was dropped and he sort of like helped it on its way over the boundary for six. Rhino was dropped very early and went uh, on to get what about twenty five thirty. Yeah, 30. yeah I, I not to go back to the fantasy stuff again, but you know, the shrewdly selected Mohammed Nabi who uh, I was beating the cushion uh, when he dropped his second second return catch. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> the court and boulders has loads of points. Yeah, it's just oh. So, I was absolutely fuming, uh, and then he came in to bat, and I thought I kind of I, I was just I walked away from it, and I thought he'd gone golden duck. So and I was beat the cushion once more, but then turned, and then I realised oh he hadn't got out, uh, and it's just yeah, a dream. It was just a dream. He dozed off, and it was just a dream. <laughs> but yeah, he went on to, and he, he looked very good with the bat. So uh, yeah, quite you, impressive you, you played some very impressive shots. Um, yeah, it was a it was a spirited performance from Afghanistan. It was plucky. It was dogged. Um, none of those things are going to be any consolation to them. But they probably have been the most impressive of the minnows so far. They've impressed more 
than Ireland or Zimbabwe. It's kind of a reminder to people that, you know, everyone goes, oh, what a great story that Afghanistan are here, and then kind of forgets almost that they are here on merit. They are the second best associate side in the world. They're better than Holland, Scotland, Canada. They're a very good cricket team. It's not just an amazing story, you know, and they, and they demonstrated that today. Um, what about India? Not enormously convincing, particularly with the bat. I mean, they, they will have some concerns over the form of Savag and Gambier, particularly Gautam Gambier, I think. He's, he's not made many runs at all for quite a while. Um, but Virat Kohli, again, will he ever not score runs? It's an- if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's nice to, to look and see Gambier and Sewag at the top of the order. And you know, even if they fell, you've still got Cody Singh, Raina Doni uh, to come in. That's a, a lot of lot of boundaries in there. Uh, and a lot of sixes. So Rohit Sharma as well is batting at seven. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they, they, of you'd say of the three uh, matches we've seen so far, their performance was the least convincing in terms of a, a, a big, a big team against a, a minnow. But that isn't really saying a huge amount, I wouldn't say. No, I mean there were some issues flagged up. I think in that game in terms of how they balanced that side. Rohit Sharma didn't get a bat, and then you maybe felt they were perhaps a bowl light only playing sort of four frontline bowlers, but then saying that Yavraj Singh took three wickets. You know, it'd be interesting to see now what kind of encouragement Afghanistan take from that match into their match against England. I know, because I'm sort of, I've am sort of sat there like, oh, this is brilliant, great stuff from Afghanistan. Hopefully they'll go one better in the next game. Oh, it's against, <laughs> it's against England. I hope they yeah. fold like hot laundry in that game. Uh, but you know they haven't really got a lot to address if they can just kind of get their heads around the, the fielding portion of the game then they could give England a fright well um, their opening bowler what was his name uh, Shapur Zadran was quality the Lightning, ball to dismiss Savag was fantastic but yeah it was just the fielding was pretty atrocious like kind of embarrassingly so um, but I don't think that's like a, I think that's a, an, a characteristic yeah. thing of that side I think they just had a, a, a bad day I don't think they're Deloitte CC that's a team in the Guernsey Evening yeah, League, isn't it? So yeah. That's about three people that, that <laughs> listen to this got that joke. Uh, so yeah, only three games played so far. Uh, let's talk about some of the games that are coming up. We've got to, be, got to be a little bit careful with what we say here because by the time people are listening to this, some of these games will have been played. So uh, we don't want to look like idiots by predicting things that uh, won't come true. Looking at the, the list of, of big games coming up, one that stands out for me is Bangladesh v New Zealand. Uh, that's on Friday. And you feel that that might be almost a knockout game. Pakistan are the other team in that group. Um, and I think they'll be probably too strong for both of those teams. So Bangladesh, New Zealand for me is is where um, it'll be decided. Uh, and I think the Kiwis have definitely got to be on their guard there because Bangladesh have got the potential to cause an upset. I mean, I, I think New Zealand are equipped to go quite far in this competition. I mean, you're predicting they'll get to the final. There's no reason to think that, that, that they can't do that. But they need to stay alert against Bangladesh because... You know, the Tigers do have some, some gun players who can win matches, like Tamim Iqbal, Shakib Al-Hassan, Mushfika Rahim. If a couple of those come off, there's no reason why they can't win that game. And it only has to happen once. As far as New Zealand are concerned, I'll be watching 
Adam Milne with great interest. He's a, a young fast bowler that the Kiwis seem to be very excited about, and he did he did bowl well, I think, in their in their warm up game against South Africa. Um, as I say, you tip New Zealand to get to the final. Presumably, you'll be resigning your post if they get knocked out here. <laughs> well, I've backed them with money as well. Have you? Yeah. How much did you bet? Do you not want to reveal? Is it a lot of money? No, no. Is it? Is it three? Nicker. Three? Hundred nicker? <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. Uh, just a cheeky fiver, Adam. Right. If you must know. Yeah, that's a big game. That's a very big game. Uh, New Zealand, patchy in, in the warm-up matches, to say the least. So we'll see. But I think they're, I think they're going to bring bring the big stuff to the party. Just to, just to, just to what, say nothing. What, yeah. <laughs> what big stuff do you bring to a party? Like balloons, like helium balloons. Balloons, party poppers, kegs. Beautifully for me, I'm going away uh, tomorrow and I'll be away for all of the good games in the group stage. I'll get back just in time on Monday to see Ireland, West Indies and Bangladesh, Pakistan on Tuesday. But I will, I will be taking my iPad and I will be take, I'll be able to watch, watch the stuff. On Sky Go. Sky Go, indeed. Well, speaking of Sky, I was watching the Sky World 2020 preview show on Monday night. Have they stolen all the the stuff from us? Largely, yeah. But they they had uh, Charles Colville presenting, Mike Atherton and Nick Knight with the pundits in the studio. And Nick Knight said something absolutely staggering. Colville, (laughs) Colville asked him what he thought of Ross Taylor. And his response was, to be honest with you, Charles, I haven't really seen a great deal of him. I mean, this is a man who has paid to watch cricket for a living. And he's not seen a great deal of Ross Taylor, who is one of the 10 international captains and made his debut like six and a half years ago. What's he mean he's not seen a great deal of him? Where's he been? England have played New Zealand several times since Taylor came into the side. So he's not even got that excuse. He's not, he's not a player that, yeah, yeah, given his stature in the team now, he's not the kind of player that you just kind of slip under the radar anyway. Also, the way the way he plays cricket, you know, draws the attention. He's like one of, he's one of the best batsmen in the world, yeah. who is captain of New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, you, we were having a go at, at Bumble uh, earlier in the summer for saying that he'd not seen a great deal of Sunil Narayan, and he'd only sort of made his debut a few months before. And you think, well, Bumble, you're not doing your job properly if you haven't seen a great deal of, of this guy. But Ross Taylor made his debut in 2006. And Nick Knight's not seen a great deal of him. <laughs> Where has he been? Like in the World Cup, Taylor played that unbelievable thing. He scored that 100 against Pakistan or something. What is he doing with it? What that better things does he what have to Colville's do? What was response to that? He just didn't really say very much because Nick Knight went on to talk about something else. <laughs> something equally banal. Nick Knight is beginning to do my head in, actually. I'm beginning to think that maybe KP was right after all. <laughs> yeah, he is a Muppet. You're quite similar to Nick Knight in many ways. Why is that? You look a lot like Nick Knight. I don't look a lot like Nick Knight. Don't <laughs> you say do. that. <laughs> you are, you're, of the two of us, you look most like Nick Knight. Well, that I can probably believe. Yeah. But, but I think that's because you look like Stephen Fry. Well, not really. Yeah. If you, if you mention Russell Crowe, Russell I'm going Crow to leave. Fry. You do not look like Russell Crowe. In general, actually, that Sky preview show was all over the place. The, the people, and I've noticed this a lot in the commentary as well. People just don't have any knowledge. Yeah, of anything. That, there's a few. There's been a few things annoying, bugging me already. Do you want me to list them? Yeah, go on. Number one, the, the split screen. Oh yeah, that's ridiculous. If something good happens, if it's like an unbelievable shot or a key moment in the match happens while they're in the split screen, I'm gonna be furious. So for people that haven't seen it, it's a live shot that is split screen of the bowler running up like face on so you can see his action and the you know the normal shot of the wicket but yeah they occasionally they'll just cut to that as he's but like, up. And you can't enough. really see either no. thing very well fair enough do it as the bowler's running up but they leave it in split screen until the like the, the batsman's played a shot so yeah you don't you miss you basically miss the ball a lot of it does make me laugh you know I, let's be fair it's not in terms of like production values it's not london 2012 is it this tournament I mean, it's really fun and it's great all the same, but this is just some funny things. Like, the music really makes me laugh because uh, there are a couple of instances where decisions have been referred to the third umpire and, you know, you see the shot of the, the big screen you know, and it's revealed that the, the, the player will be out or not. And there's like a heart, you know, like a heartbeat, like a suspenseful heartbeat-esque kind of jingle as you're waiting. But like a couple of occasions, the decisions come up and the, just the heartbeat carries on. <laughs> it's just like there's no, there's so lack, there's a lack of tension. It's so startling. The commentators as well seem to be, yeah, they just don't seem to have any clue as to what's Half the reason is why is because they're, they're swapping seats every like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, they only get in Yeah, it's ridiculous. They must have, they've got about 40 commentators on the payroll, I think. And one of them is Tony Gregg, which, <laughs> which doesn't really help matters very much. 
He said a couple of things stood out that Tony Gregg said in the, the opening Sri Lanka game. One thing that genuinely made me burst out laughing when I was watching when he said, was when he said, Oh boy. One of the Sri Lanka batsmen just knocked it down the ground for one. And Tony Gregg went, Yeah, well, they'll be picking up singles at random. What does he mean at random? He means at will, presumably. At random, it's just. And the other thing was uh, him saying, So the first wicket goes down, it's 75 for two. <laughs> The thing is, what he's trying to do there is he's not actually watching the action. He's just comment. He's trying to maintain his commentary whilst he's just scanning the crowd for attractive ladies. I think. <laughs> but it's that, and he's also constantly getting handed sheets <laughs> of like things that he ought to be saying to either promote the interests of the ICC or or Sri Lanka tourist <laughs> But he's just a yeah. corporate shill for both of those things. He's probably also yeah constantly getting badgered from some one of the other commentators saying like, "Let me in. Let me have a go." <laughs> just trying to wrestle the to wrestle the microphone off him. I used to be quite fond of Tony Gregg. I like the way that he says crash helmet <laughs> instead of helmet and a few other things like that. But he I I'm get but sort of as we both get older, I'm I'm getting more and more impatient with him. He's got a good voice though. Yeah, yeah he's got a cracking voice, isn't he? Welcome to the Danny Gregg show on Creek Info Talk. No sign of Danny Morrison yet though. <laughs> no. Pommy is there though in full force. Pommy and Bangle, yeah. They decided to open oh, with Pommy. He's got the most assistant. He's got no, like, he doesn't emphasise anything. <laughs> He's got, like, no concept of, like, syllable emphasis. Oh, what a shot. It's gone for six. It's like a robot. <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just an ICC robot. It's good, though, the return, uh, that one split screen I don't like, but the return of the running split screen is welcome, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe oh, yeah. Brian Lara 95, the game. <laughs> And also, you know, watching cricket back in the 90s. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you wish that cricket was more like Brian Lara 95 and you also just wish that life was more like 95. Yeah, I think 1995 was the peak. Um, coming back to the cricket for a moment, <laughs> England play Afghanistan on Friday. The defending champions, of course, and they won both of their warm-up games against Australia and against Pakistan. After what we've seen today, can you foresee them having any problems with Afghanistan or, or do you expect them to record a comfortable victory? Yeah, I mean, Afghanistan have played a competitive match. They've they've played well. Uh, they've come close. There's encouragement there for them. and England will win, I'm sure, but they might not. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. No, I'm going to go and say England will win, I think. You're putting your neck out again. I think those warm-ups... Those warm-up victories, I think, will have, have given England you know, a good injection of confidence, especially following on from their, their victory over um, South Africa at Edgebaston. Just a nice sort of fillip to the confidence coming into this tournament. And I am beginning to have a quietly good feeling about this side based on them not having played in this tournament yet. But, you know, beating Australia and beating Pakistan, both good results. Don't want to go over the top, but it does sort of begin to feel like maybe the pieces are slotting into place in that team in terms of the composition of the team i said about last week you know in 2010 everyone knew what their role was you'd hope that maybe that'll be true of this team as well and you can start to see some indications of that and i do think that in in morgan swan and dernback they have three players who who could well be among the the stars of the tournament um so yeah it's 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 all sort of coming together for england and i'm very much looking forward to their opening game on friday in general though how, how have you enjoyed the first couple of days of this tournament has it lived up to its billing I suppose it's not really been a close match yet but no I'd say I've moderately enjoyed it you know I've enjoyed it as much as three fairly comfortable matches between the likes of Sri Lanka and Zimbabwe uh, as like you know as could allow yeah the matches we've seen so far haven't been exciting but they have kind of foreshadowed they've given you a, a, a taste of the excitement that could well be to come, I suppose. It's made me look forward even more to yeah, exactly. the, the with, important games. It's that ramping are up, up, isn't it, the excitement? And uh the you know, the Super Eight phase is, is long and that's gonna be that's gonna be where the real thrills and spills come, I think. I mean we say there hasn't been a close match yet, and I think actually one thing that is slightly disappointing um is that the way that these these opening games have been scheduled, because you know, in two out of the four groups, the Minnows play both of their games before the game between the big sides. So, like, Sri Lanka plays Zimbabwe and then South Africa plays Zimbabwe before Sri Lanka plays South Africa. In the other two groups, the big match, when it's played, will still have something riding on it. So, like, when New Zealand play Pakistan, Pakistan won't have played Bangladesh yet, so whoever loses that game could still be knocked out, which makes the game between the big sides much more interesting, whereas Sri Lanka plays Zimbabwe, South Africa plays Zimbabwe, assuming that South Africa don't slip up against Zimbabwe. Sri Lanka, South Africa is basically pointless, isn't it? 
Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a shame, isn't it? It's just a dead game. And I think that's pretty unnecessary. I mean, why was Sri Lanka v South Africa not the opening match of this tournament? There would genuinely have been some, some significance attached to that result because you'd have felt, well, whoever loses, it's really important that they beat Zimbabwe. But that wasn't the case. So I think that not enormously sensible scheduling, perhaps. And I think the other disappointing thing has been the crowds. I mean, Hanban Tota was far from full. And the Prima Dasa was more or less empty for the first game today uh, and not that much more full for um, India-Afghanistan. Well, of course, uh, you know, crucially, we weren't there and that's your fault. <laughs> so yeah, there would have been an extra, you know, four or five people in that stadium. No, I'm not sure that would have made all the difference. I don't know uh, if I can be held entirely responsible. But then we didn't get to Euro 2004 <laughs> either, Tane, did we? It wasn't my fault. Because you didn't want to work as a deckhand. But, you know, I think, you know, we'd been led to believe that Sri Lanka has been anticipating this tournament for a long time and, and it's a cricket-mad country. So why aren't the grounds sold out? I mean, there, there will have to be questions asked. Maybe it's too expensive. It remains to be seen what happens when the big matches start. It might be different. It might be that people just aren't interested in Australia v Ireland. But it's a bit of a concern because this is like the the premier format of the game, the best teams and the best players in the world in a cricket-mad part of the world. It's slightly surprising that those matches have not only not been sold out, but not really very full at all. And it kind of makes the whole thing feel a bit more flat than it perhaps needs to. Yeah, good, you know, a good atmosphere is crucial in any anything, isn't it, in the world? For planet Earth as well. It's a science gag for you. Need an atmosphere, don't we? That's good. Couldn't live on Venus, Tane. No, crap atmosphere. Or any of the other flat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like ticket prices way too high for Venus. Rubbish atmosphere on <laughs> Venus. That's such a bad joke. That's <laughs> a really terrible joke. Some of the some of my favourite jokes are the, that kind of joke, though. Well, I mean, you rely on them because you. Yeah. Oh, very much so. <laughs> That's your bread and butter. That's my meat and potatoes. Isn't it? <laughs> uh. That's your lot for the World Cricket Show this week, um, or it's almost your lot. Uh, one thing that we haven't talked about tonight is the ICC Awards. Uh, which were dished out uh, a glitzy ceremony in Colombo last week. Were we invited, Tan? I'm not sure. I don't really check the mail here in the studio. Did we get our invite this year or not? Yeah, well, we were going to go. Uh, they had invited us on the condition that we were going to the World 2020, but I said that you'd bailed, so we didn't get a chance to go. Pretty gutting. Wasn't my fault, Tone. Was not my fault. It's <sighs> it's you, It's you, the pipe dream guy. <laughs> I'm not you, the pipe dream If you guy. weren't known as the pipe dream guy... <laughs> then maybe people uh, might have been a bit, more, a bit more up for it. Kumar Sangakkara won the Cricketer of the Year and the Test Player of the Year awards. Uh, Virat Kohli was ODI Player of the Year and Sunil Narine was Emerging Player of the Year and George Dockrell was the Associate Player of the Year. South Africa might be a bit upset because they didn't really win any of the major awards. I think Richard Levy didn't won really. uh, 2020 Performance of the Year, uh, but that was their only award on the night. Hashi Mamla and Vernon Philander were also nominated for Cricketer of the Year and Test Cricketer of the Year. Um, when were the votes cast? Uh, well, the judging period was between, I think, mid-August when... 2011 and mid-August 2012. So maybe Philander had a better tour of England. Well, he had a pretty had a good pretty tour, good tour but he wasn't taking Fifers in every Not innings. sensational. Yeah, I guess, you know, in, in a way it's a bit of a surprise that a South African didn't take the main award after the year they've had. And I mean, Amla and Philander both had phenomenal years. But then I don't think you could say that Sangakkara doesn't deserve it because... In that judging period, he scored 1,444 runs in Test cricket, an average of 60 with 500s, and 1,457 ODI runs with 300s. And also, particularly in the Test format, he's not playing in as good a team as South Africans. It's 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 odd, but it almost counts against you. It counts against those South Africans more that they have been so good because Amla had lots of other good players around him, whereas to a large extent, Sangakkara was doing it, if not quite on his own, then without the same level of support. For me, though, none of them should have won Cricketer of the Year. I think Saeed Ajmal should have been Cricketer of the Year. He wasn't even nominated, and that's a bit of a travesty, I think. Across all three formats, he has been one of the best, if not the best, bowler in the world. The Cricketer of the Year award is supposed to be about who's been the best player across the formats, and Vernon Philander was nominated for that, and in that time, he played one ODI and no T20s. So it doesn't really make very much sense. But he is Fernand Philander, and that, you know, that counts in his favour. Well, true. And he did get a million Fifers in about ten tests. Got absolutely no problem with him being nominated for Test cricket, Cricketer of the Year. In fact, I think that makes a lot you of sense. Are you trying to say that you've got a problem with him being nominated? Well, no, I, I, have, I did have a problem with him being nominated for no, Cricketer right. of the Year. It depends on what you want the Cricketer of the Year award to be for. If it's just 
who's made the biggest impact on cricket this year, then, okay, maybe you can just count his test performances. But the ICC kind of stipulate that it's about who's been the best across the three formats. And to overlook Ajmal there and go for someone who's played one limited overs game instead just doesn't make a great deal of sense, really. I mean, Pakistan were furious about it. They threatened to boycott the ceremony. So, yeah, I mean, I'd have given the award to Ajmal, perhaps giving you a a little tip looking ahead to the end of year worldies. He's got to be one of the favourites with the bookies. A lot of money came down on that, that market, you know. But anyway, as I say, that is it for the show this week. We will be back in the early part of next week. Um, I think we're going to take the next pod at the end of the group stage, hopefully get it online before the Super 8s start, um, so we'll be able to reflect on everything that's happened between now and then. You're going away this weekend, aren't you, Tim? Yeah, going away. Why is that? Bits and bits. Oh, just going to a wedding, London. You looking forward to it? Yeah, it should be really good. I've been trying to explain this to you, though. You don't have to give a speech if you're not the best man. <laughs> I've seen, I won't be giving a I've seen you this week, you know, writing that speech. And I just, I've just i been trying to say to you, I just think it's going to make people uncomfortable when you stand up to give it, particularly because it's so blue. You know, I know you sort of fancy yourself as a bit of a Roy Chubby Brown figure, but I just don't think you should be doing that. I don't think it'll be appropriate. Well, the thing is, though, when they, when they know who I am, I think they'll think, you know, this guy, we need to get this guy up to say a few words. We'd be missing a trick if we didn't. But it won't be, it won't be my chubby brown stuff. That happens to you a lot, does it, when you go places? People go, right, well, we can't, we can't let this opportunity slip through our fingers. No, exactly. You should just go up there, take your iPod and just play a bit of the podcast. Just play the intro from this week. <laughs> yeah. That'll do. Just a good mix. Just of talking about the fantasy league. <laughs> yeah, they'll well, love this, that. This is brilliant. I wonder how, well, I'll ask them, you know, I'll ask them, how are you guys getting on your fantasy leagues? Why aren't you in ours? And then you'll swear a few times, just give them some of your chubby brown material. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, everyone's a winner. Yeah. Right, come on, let's wrap this. Let's right, go to ch- bed. Chill out, mate. Tired. Gotta get on the plane tomorrow. Uh, if you like the show, uh, then almost certainly the best thing you can do about that would be to leave us a review on iTunes. We do massively appreciate all the reviews that we get. If you can't be bothered to write something, then just a star rating is fine, as long as it's five stars, I hasten to add. Uh, but, you know, if you can write something doesn't have to be a dissertation uh send us an email as well that's worldcricketshow at gmail.com do that if you'd like some free world cricket show stickers like us on facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show follow us on twitter twitter.com slash cricket show i'll be tweeting throughout the tournament tony will be tweeting perhaps a bit more sporadically but he'll be tweeting as well that's at tony cover t-o-n-y-c-v yeah, I've gone my own way. I've, I've, I've splintered from the the main Twitter account, which I never updated anyway. So yeah, get yeah, get following me if you want to. If you want to, you know, some good punditry. If you uh, if you want to know who you should actually be picking in your fantasy team, there's only one Twitter account to follow. You can follow that and see that kind of stuff, and also uh, <laughs> just you talking to people who run betting companies. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, <laughs> just asking them why their websites aren't working properly. I saw you had some gags this week, Tony. You've been promising gags for months, and you finally delivered uh, on your Twitter account. Yeah, some good gags about the world 2020. You texted me. You're so thrilled with your gag about McRae that we've already talked about tonight. I mean, you're possibly a little bit too proud. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it. that's quite how, how it works. Is it? You shouldn't tweet and then text someone as well. <laughs> yeah, so so, check out the so. gag I just tweeted. It's hilarious. <laughs> Buy a T-shirt as well. We do ask that you do that. Uh, cricketshow.net is our website, uh, and you can order your T-shirt through there for just £15, including free worldwide shipping yeah you, you probably have it in time for the, the semi-finals the final which would be great you know if you're going to the final stick it on we can get it out to sri lanka not just norm well we can get it out to sri lanka but <laughs> yeah, it might take a while well, yeah we can get it out to sri lanka it might not arrive you know in the next kind of two to 20 days but because we have to deliver it personally i don't know if people are aware of this but not just if you're going to the final you know maybe if you're just watching it at home on tv stick it on you could wear a t-shirt and as we talked about a lot tonight the fantasy mini league is ongoing and if you want to join, the league's called World Cricket Show and the pin is 1390. You're going to be able to stay on top of your fantasy team while you're away, Tone. You bet. Are you going to be anxiously updating it while uh, you're at the wedding? Yeah, I'm going to be making a yeah, making a big play of that this weekend. Very antisocial. This is where I move from seventh. I kick on from seventh, I think, and then kind of into the top three. You don't want to kick too early, though. I'm, I'm going for the Mo Farah approach of just stay in the pack. I'll move to the front. I think front. you've I'll, left it too late I'll already. move to the front I think when the time's it right. Too late. It's too late. You're, you're out. You're literally... 
I've got You're gone. So, I have got so much in the tank, Tone. I've got so much in the tank. How many transfers have you got left? Uh, Twenty-two. Got a few. But yeah, that's about it. I think stay in school, everybody, and we will see you next time. Enjoy the world 2020 this week. Hope Tony enjoys the wedding. I'll tell you all about the wedding when I get back. <laughs> have a good time. See you soon. See you later. Bye. It happens to us all. It happens to us all. Each day, each year, yeah, yeah. And I can smell your fear. mentioned your team is of course called Bayfield Slayers true to their true to their name both Bayfields in the league are, are falling <laughs> are falling at the sword of the Bayfield Slayers well at the moment yeah I mean we, we discussed this last week that it was only after you submitted that team that you realized that my brother was also in the league his surname of course is also Bayfield and I felt bad you felt bad and you, you worried what you might think I asked him about it and he said he was just kind of baffled because the thing is <laughs> he's not really met you has he? Like, he doesn't really know <laughs> I don't really who you know are very well uh, so, yeah, I think he was just, a, he found it a bit bewildering. He was like, <laughs> like, who are these people that you hang out with? Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. That's what makes you beautiful. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm declaring there. But, uh, you know, they're, you know they're, they're a little bit outsider, so. Just talk, talking, talk, yeah, talking to the bottle more, so, if you would. Baby, 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 all right. So he's got the momentum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 